When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pepper to deliver. And it's been put in by David Luiz. The gentlest of touches, but enough to beat Aaron Ramsdale and put Arsenal ahead. Hi and welcome to episode 61 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and we've just parked up in North London, our just park space for today. Not bad value, actually, parking on someone's driveway. Looks a little bit dodgy, but it'll be fine. It's a podcast with a difference today. We'll be doing most of it on the fly, chatting to people as we go, and we'll see where it takes us. Of course, not much time for me to put it together ahead of this Monday morning release. So as it stands, obviously, I can't say how good the game was or how it wasn't, but I'm really looking forward to the matchup today at the Emirates. Should be an interesting one. Our game against West Ham, not bad at all. Felt a little bit deflated afterwards and felt we could have emerged with victory, but we've got a bit of momentum coming into it. Arsenal's league form, not the greatest. Let's see where it takes us. But first, it's time for this week's Do You Remember? So, we've got an Arsenal-Bournemouth connection this week, and in front of me is a hastily Googled Wikipedia page from an ex-Arsenal and AFC Bournemouth player. I'm going to read out a few stats to you, and all I want you to tell me is who is the AFC Bournemouth player. Well, firstly, I'll tell you, they were born in 1983, and they were a defender. Spent two years in the youth career at Arsenal before being in the first team, although used only once between 2001 and 2007. And then joined Bournemouth for four seasons, making 76 appearances and scoring three goals. 
Now, during the time at Arsenal, he managed to get into the under-17s for England, under-19s, and even a couple of appearances for the under-20s as well. But the main stat that you'll be going off, surely, is between 2007 and 2011. He was at Bournemouth, 76 appearances, three goals, a Cherries defender. What is his name? Should be fairly straightforward. I've probably given away too much. But hey, at the end of the show, I will give you the answer. So, we're just about to walk to the faltering fullback in Finsbury Park and sink a few beers. I'll be taking in some of the atmosphere along the way, but here's some raw audio from the day. Come on, you cherries! Cheers. So, we have just left the faltering fullback in Finsbury Park. It was a really good chance to catch up with a number of AFC Bournemouth fans, including Robbie, Jeff, and Keith, if you're listening. Hi guys, nice to have a beer with you and now walking towards the Emirates. Weather's good, clouds in the sky, but uh, it's actually relatively warm, but I think it's going to be raining later on. Either way, Cherry's team's been announced and we are unchanged, which I didn't expect. I don't think many people expected it, to be honest. So yeah, just walking down towards the stadium now and looking forward to hopefully seeing AC Bournemouth get something. So we're getting closer towards the ground now, overhearing a lot of conversations, a lot of uh, Arsenal fans expecting uh, to roll us over today. Um, I've heard 4-0, 3-0, I've heard a 5-1 because they know of our attacking potency. So from an Arsenal perspective, it's looking like the fans are thinking it's going to be a rollover. But for Bournemouth, we're thinking differently, of course. from Aubameyang my god cutting from the left hand side after he lost possession on the opposite flank flash pass Ramsdale's post it sounded close whether it was or not I'm not sure 0-0 after 6 minutes Simple set piece. Shocking defending in the middle. We were at sixes and sevens. Haven't got a foothold in the game so far. Past the outstretched Ramsdale dive. So David Luiz, who got turned inside out by Brooks last season for Chelsea, he gets his own back. Good header. Poor defending. 1-0. Honestly, the Arsenal ball girl has touched it more times than Callum Wilson so far. Absolutely 
Callum Wilson just rounded the keeper and then squared it inexplicably. He could have notched it from that angle. No one there to tuck it in. A little bit better though. by Harry Wilson feeding Jack Stacey on the way outside he cut it back very high keeper palmed onto the top of the net and we got a streaker coming on we got a streaker in a full Arsenal kit number four he is running onto the pitch he looks overweight he's bowing in front of Pepe he looks a complete prick and he's trying to run back into the stands and he's fell over as inevitable as Eddie Hearn turning up on your Twitter timeline. He has succumbed to the stewards, has bowed in front of the clock end. They're all applauding me, I'm not sure why. A bit of a bell end. And he'll never be allowed into a football stadium ever again. Was it worth it? Never mind, eh? Onto the corner. Poor delivery from Rico, very low, not only the first man. Let's go again. Should have done better with it, really, but can we do anything here? So there we go then, full time. Bournemouth leave the Emirates yet again with nothing. 1-0 to the Arsenal and a very abject first half performance from the Cherries, but better in the second. Still some questionable decisions for Eddie Howe, I've got to say. Some of the choices that he made for substitutions, leaving Harry Wilson on the pitch for so long and then changing up Stacey and Frado. I mean, what's the deal with that? When you've got Lewis Cook sat on the bench, seems to be an odd decision. Callum Wilson's going to once again rue the number of chances that he missed, namely when he came in at the far post for a header that he couldn't quite connect with. But then just before that, well... He went through on goal, rounded the keeper and decided to square it, whereas I know it was a tight angle, but he could have had a shot on goal, surely. Steve Cook headed over the bar. But, yeah, not our finest hour. Bournemouth ending up 10th in the table after this week. Well, that's week eight, isn't it? So we're 10th, still not bad, and there's winnable matches ahead. So we had a slight issue earlier this evening. Uh, it's about six o'clock now, had some food and uh, well, we went straight to get some food because we were told by the stewards at the Emirates that we're not actually allowed to film on their property outside the stadium. Um, now I know that Arsenal Fan TV, they had to actually rename themselves AFTV because the club just didn't want their name associated with their YouTube channel. They actually film just outside the stadium boundary. 
Hence, that's how they get around it. Uh, I must make sure I look on the HM Land Registry website next time and check out the stadium deeds, hey? So, yeah, no YouTube videos, but what we did do was put out a plea on Twitter for your five-word match reports. And if you go to youtube.com slash podcast, you will see some very interesting thoughts on there. Thanks for everyone that got in touch. And also to our other tweet where we've been looking for your audio feedback that we're going to play throughout the show because no regular guest this week. Jeff's away. Michael's away. Sean in New Zealand is not available. So... We put out play, and the first extended thought this week comes in from East Stand season ticket holder Nathan. He went to the game today. He's got back already. Well, gel. And these were his thoughts of the game today. Hi, this is Nathan from East Stand. I just got back from the Arsenal game earlier. And for me, it was a game of two halves. I thought the first half, Bournemouth looked really poor. I think we really struggled. We, we didn't deal with the pace that Arsenal had. Uh, Pepe, Saka and Aubameyang, they looked world beaters against us I think in the first half they could have scored three or four to be honest I can't believe that Aubameyang couldn't score in the first half um, for the goal uh, Callum Wilson lost his marker lost uh, sorry lost uh, David Lees uh, unfortunately he just put it into the goal there's not a lot that Ramsdale could do and the second half we came out and looked a lot better in the second half in fact we gave him much more of a game within the first 30 seconds we we already had a good chance um, unfortunately we weren't able to take it we did well I felt like uh, we did better once the subs came on, to be honest. I thought Fraser had a good game. Uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start ahead of Harry Wilson next game. Solanke struggled. I think he really struggled. Um, but when we made that change in terms of formation, it really helped us. Um, Danjuma and Fraser, and sorry, Francis came on. They did OK uh, as well. Um, I felt as though we were a lot more attacking once Francis came on over Stacey. Um, I don't think it was Stacey's best game. I think he really struggled with Harry Wilson in front of him. I don't think he offered him enough support. Uh, and he got the lightest yellow card I think I've ever seen, which obviously meant that he, he had to really be careful for the rest of the game. Billing was excellent. I think Billing and Lerma are turning into a, a really good little partnership. Uh, it's a shame, again, he got booked early on, which meant he, he couldn't do his, his normal job. He had to be a bit careful. Overall... It's just a shame we had to wait until the second half for us to really turn up. And by that point, Arsenal were already won up uh, and could really soak up a lot of our pressure. Uh, the Wilson chance, I'm sure, will be spoken about by other people. I, I can't believe he didn't shoot. I don't know why he's trying to square it over to Josh King. Um, I just I don't, still can't get my head around it. But overall, I mean, we never do well at the Emirates. We are playing against a top four, top six team in Arsenal. So uh, I still never go into these games expecting us to get any points. And the second half was encouraging. If we can play like that against Norwich, I think we'll do okay. Yeah, some really interesting thoughts there from Nathan. And I've got a feeling that we're going to hear this much used phrase, a game of two halves, quite a bit over the next couple of days whilst we reflect on the game. I mean, yeah, first half we were absolutely dreadful and then second half rather improved. And, you know, considering there wasn't actually a formation change after half-time, it was just a team that had had a rocket put up them, but everyone seemed to be back on it. The changes did seem to help, but Nathan, yeah, completely agree there. And Callum Wilson, he is going to rue that chance. As I said earlier, oh my goodness... It happened last week. It happened again. really think we should have gotten the score sheet today. Arsenal in the second half didn't really have 
many shots of Newt. It wasn't like we were scrambling the ball away, was it? We were fairly contained, and I think, as you say, Philip Billing was masterful in the midfield, considering he got the booking. He just looks very composed on the ball, and you think someone's going to intercept him, but he's so strong on it. Manages to play some excellent passes out wide, and then sometimes between the lines as well. Really impressed, and when, yeah, when Ryan Fraser came on, changed the game somewhat. So, yeah, thank you very much for your comments, Nathan. Uh, next up, emails come in. Jamie Williams. Now, you may know from YouTube and hearing him on the podcast before, he's one that's sometimes got some very forthright opinions about ACB. So, let's hear what he has to say. Hi, guys. Jamie here. My thoughts are from the Arsenal 1, Bournemouth 0. Not entirely surprising, considering we always go to the Emirates and lose, but it's the way we lose um, that is frustrating because we go there and play so passively. In the first half, we just couldn't break the press. They press well, to be fair to them, but we didn't mix our game well uh, up well enough. We kept playing short, and we were inviting pressure on ourselves and just couldn't find a ball with, shirt with enough frequency to get any sort of standing in the game. And that that resulted in us really not looking like we're going to score a goal. Um, Arsenal didn't do a lot, but they got the all important goal, which eventually ended up winning it from the corner. David Luiz uh, getting a run. Our blocking line in our zonal defence didn't didn't block his run. He's had a free run at the ball uh, for, off Callum Wilson and flicked it into the far post. And there was not a lot for from a bonus perspective in that first half. Um, we improved a lot in the second half, finding uh, a Bournemouth player with our passes with much more frequency, which at least allowed us to compete with them. And even if we didn't show an enough quality to score or create many chances, we did have one opportunity with Carl and Wilson going around Bernalino and nearly scoring. He felt like he didn't have the angle, obviously, to score and he tried to square it to King and good defending from Callum Chambers to clear it. But... Other than that, there was a lack of quality all around. Um, and to be, to be honest, they probably just are about deserved to win without doing a lot themselves. Uh, moving forward, games like Norwich, Watford and Newcastle are, are what's going to define us. And it's not these games against Arsenal, uh, where we've lost obviously today, that will define our season. We have to start picking up points at home against the, the likes of Norwich, we've obviously dropped two in Sheffield United game and West Ham. And that's going to lead us to mid-table uh, security, but we're not going to progress as a team, which obviously isn't the ambition up for, from, of the club and the fans to move up the table and see progression. We need to start turning these games into three points. And they are winnable games after the international break. Um it's not all doom and gloom because obviously we've only lost to Man City, Leicester and Arsenal who will all finish above us at the end of the season because they're better than us. But we have the ability in this team to do more than just draw with the, these games at home and we need to start turning them into three points. So moving on to Norwich, must win game, up the cherries in all departments. Yeah, so some interesting thoughts there from Jamie. I think... Hello, Scooter. I think he makes some valid points with regards to the fact that sometimes we go into games way too passively. 
We used to do it seasons gone by, giving teams way too much respect, and Arsenal were just overrunning us in every department. Their high press was, I mean, it was impressive. However, I've got to say that we just didn't deal with it very well, and we were being forced into silly errors. Nathan Ake kicking the ball out a couple of times. It all looked very, I don't know, it, it just looked a little bit embarrassing at times. Jack Stacey didn't have an option whatsoever. Harry Wilson just did not provide it for him. And you start to wonder, you know, what was written into his contract with regards to how many minutes he has to play because he has not performed. And look at the difference when Fraser came on. That direct style that we could have done with a lot earlier than when he actually did get onto the field. Um, And I think, you know, where we're at is going to be determined by those matches that he was quoting. You know, Watford, Norwich, etc. Really winnable games. And, come on, let's be realistic. Yes, Newcastle did beat Man United 1-0. Man United are a shadow of what they used to be. We should be getting a result at Newcastle too. In some ways, you look at the Arsenal game and you think, well, it's good to see how far we've actually come. Mm, Based on the second half, yeah, maybe, maybe we have slightly progressed, but... We just need to be in the game for more than a half because during the first half, well, it was was pretty abject. Not the best. And whilst I'm speaking, we've had another thought come through. And this one comes from Mark Jackson. It's Mark here again, uh, the Midlands Bournemouth fan. Um, I think um, today we showed Arsenal too much respect in the first half, which is what we've done. A lot of times when we go away to the big teams, um, Chelsea seems to be the only place where we go and uh, don't give them too much respect. And first half we were we were much below what what we know that the team are capable of. Um, I think having said that, we were obviously a lot better in the second half. And Wilson switching off for the corner was the only difference really. David Luiz having a free header, um, which. Yeah, again, it's a shame because you, you go to teams like Arsenal and you think, oh, if they if they break us down or if they put a really nice move together, then they're capable of doing that and there's not a lot you can do. You don't want to be conceding set pieces against teams like that, which is frustrating. Um, but also, it confused me, we didn't have anyone on the posts for the corners. I haven't actually noticed it recently, but if we'd have had someone on the back post for that corner, um, we'd have probably been able to clear it, so... That's uh, slightly frustrating as well. Um, but then at, at, at half-time, Howe obviously got into them or something changed. We didn't make any changes, which I thought we would. But um, we realised how bad Arsenal were at the back, how bad they are at the back, um, and went more direct, and it definitely worked. I mean, Wilson, King, um, they were, they were much more involved in the second half. They had chances. Solanke, again, I thought he played well, but he just needs to start shooting a bit more. Um, he's not going to get that goal if he doesn't hit, it, hit if he doesn't start hitting it. Um, but um, yeah, it's a shame we didn't realise that earlier on. Because um, like I say, if we'd have taken the game to Arsenal, I'm I, I'm convinced we would have got something out of the game if we'd have done it from from minute one, not from minute forty six. Um, positives um, again: the second half of performance was was much better. Rico still improving, which I think is brilliant. Um, and Stacey. I thought Stacey looked good. He got exposed in the first half quite a lot, but that's because Harry Wilson uh, doesn't seem to do the defensive work. Um, I think he's still a bit 
Um, I don't want to say out of his depth, but I think he's still struggling to get to grips with the Premier League. Um, he seems a bit weak. There's a couple of times he was eased off the ball too easily. Um, and like I say, his defensive work, he doesn't cover Stacey. Um, and that's why Stacey might have looked a bit out of his depth at times. But I thought he was often left on his own against two two Arsenal players. So there's not a lot he could have done there. Um Steve Cook was my man of the match today. I thought he was, well, as he has been a lot recently, I thought he was brilliant. He looked solid. He read the game. Every decision he made today was was right, um, which I know at Arsenal he's, he's got wrong in the past. But he, uh, yeah, he was he was good again. And Billing, I thought, again, <laughs> brilliant. Um, I mean, I don't know what he can, I don't know what even he got booked for. I haven't seen it back, but he got a yellow card for something that seemed a bit innocuous. And then Arsenal committed foul after foul in the first half and couldn't get a yellow card. We committed two in the first half and got two yellow cards. So that was frustrating. Um, I think to back up my point about Cook and well, our defence on the whole, um, I've never seen a Baumyang that quiet in a game before. I mean, I know he at the, I think it was him at the post towards the end of the game, but he was he was massively ineffective. Pepe looked average. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some positives to take from the game. We just didn't take chances today, which I'd like to say um, that we would on another day. Um, and to be fair, we have scored quite a few goals this season, so I wouldn't say that we've not been clinical this year. Um, it's a shame we weren't able to get the clean sheet, but and a point. But I think it was a much better performance. And every time I've been to the Emirates, we've We've been outplayed, and I think today we were unlucky not to get anything. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed next time we might be better. But, um, yeah, going to the international break now, and then we've got some winnable games um, coming up with, obviously, Norwich at home, Watford away, uh, United at home, and then Newcastle away. So, out of those games, you'd be hoping to get at least sort of seven points the way that the way that they're playing at the moment. So, yeah, not all, not all bad, um, I think. Like I said, I think the difference was just that one switching off from the corner um, and almost showing to Arsenal too much respect in the first half. If we'd have played like that the whole game, then who knows what we would have got from today. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers, Mark. Thank you very much for your opinion there. Eloquent as ever. And again, there's not much of it I disagree with. Uh, completely with Solanke. Just pull the trigger, man. He um he gets himself into great positions and I don't think he has a bad game, but the fact that he's not confident enough to shoot at the moment is obviously causing a number of fans to berate him somewhat and I don't I don't think it's deserved. He did play relatively well. He's got excellent control, excellent feet. However, it's just it's just not happening for him at the moment and um I felt a bit bad for him when he was taken off really because he wasn't having a bad a game as other people on the pitch, but Hey, we'll, uh, we'll talk about them over the forthcoming days and, unfortunately for us, weeks now because of this international break. Anyway, I'm going to go through each of the individual players and analyse what I think, at least, and what I read off Twitter about how they've performed individually. But we have got an Arsenal fan involved, Mark Rosenthal. He got involved on the podcast last week. He is an Arsenal fan who who was born and bred in Bournemouth, so he's got a lot of cherry influences, but... You know, if push came to shove, he's a gunner. These are his thoughts. From an Arsenal perspective today, I think it was a game of two halves. Um, Arsenal, at the end, lucky with 
to get away with the three points. Um, I think Bournemouth had chances in the second half to equalise. Um, the game started, Arsenal on the front foot. I think they deservedly went ahead at 1-0 at half-time. But really, really, really uh, clear-cut chances um, as such. And um, I think it was a game of two halves. I think Bournemouth were unlucky, again, not to equalise the second half. Um, they had chances. Harry Wilson, uh, a good run, threading in for, I think, was it Jack Stacey? And then I think also uh, when Josh King missed that chance and Gwendouzi getting the ball away, I think my heart was in my mouth. Um, right at the end... Um, Callum Wilson had a shot on the edge of the area just inside um, you know too near to the keeper but it was it was almost uh, almost a draw for Bournemouth um, and that would have been a fair result in the balance of play if they could have been clinical but the fact they weren't Arsenal also missed their chance right at the very end when it was sort of end to end Aubameyang um, hitting the post but um, I think Arsenal for us, we need to still work out uh, our best eleven. I think Tierney uh, replacing Klasnac would be um, would be needed at some point in the very near future. Xhaka, I still think, should be dropped. I think he's too slow. I said that they will be the weak links today, and I think that slowed Arsenal, especially in the second half. And Bournemouth took advantage. Uh, for Bournemouth this season, with performances like that where they're going to the Emirates and controlling large proportions of the game especially the second half it was mainly all Bournemouth um, first to all the second balls and, and loose balls and, and we're unlucky not to equalise but I like the, uh, the heart and the desire from that team um, I think Eddie Howe again as I said before has done wonders and I think they'll be fine this season but it's now about you know creating their identity um, a few clubs at the top feel like they're losing their identity but clubs like Bournemouth who have consolidated Premier League status now need to think maybe even bigger. Uh, they play great uh, brand of football. It's very attractive. And I think they should push on and be ambitious and try and break into that sort of you know, Europa League spaces um, and aim for that. Um, but it's, a, it's going to be a tough season for everybody. Um, I'm not sure where we'll still finish. I think we, we have the, the ability and the players to finish top four. Um, but... You know, um, there's still a lot to be answered this season. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and you've got to say, it is a funny old season. I mean, Wolves going to Man City and winning 2-0. I mean, what the hell is going on there? But yeah, in, t- in terms of talking about Europa, sometimes I think, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's a little bit too soon. But, you know, we know that we are capable and when we perform like we did in the first half, you think, well, actually, maybe we're not. But anyway, um, I'm about to get in the car now on our way home. A nice two-hour journey back to Bournemouth. And then I will reconvene with you. Sweet home. Right, time to get out of my AFC Bournemouth kit, put the keys on the side, and uh, let's load up the laptop and see what Twitter's got to say. Hi.
Oh, well, before we get started, we've had a bonus message, and this is coming from uh, Cherry's fan, Simon Hill. Uh, he's just messaged saying, enjoying the podcast from over here in the US. He was born in Boscombe and lived in the area as a kid, followed Bournemouth all his life. Amazing work, Simon. And these are his thoughts on yesterday's game. Hi, this is Simon calling in. I actually watched the Bournemouth Arsenal game from where I live, which is in San Francisco in California. I grew up in the Bournemouth area, grew up watching the team in the Harry Redknapp days, um, and now I get to watch it on TV over here at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I watched the game with my youngest daughter, Lucy, at 6am. You know, disappointing result, 1-0. I thought we probably deserved a 1-1, but the first half we were just shocking. Um, There was one point, I think about 15 minutes in, I thought this could end up being 3-0 Arsenal here. Um, second half was much better from us. Uh, I think I'm not sure if Eddie moved Harry Wilson like a little bit more inside, and Stacey played a little bit higher up, and that gave us um, just a bit of a better dynamic in the second half. Um, but Arsenal have pressed us really high, which most teams we've played this year, apart from West Ham, have done that, and and sometimes we've just struggled to get it out from the back. So in the first half, that's Definitely what happened, we couldn't get the ball out, kept giving it away. Second half, we broke the press a couple of times. And when we did that, we looked really dangerous um, and, you know, got a couple of chances. But, you know, overall game, not many chances. You know, could have gone either way, but the first half was just awful from us. Performances through the team. Rambo, I think he still looks really good. Um, maybe his distribution could be better. Steve Cook, I thought, was outstanding. Um I don't understand how Tyrone Mings is in the England setup and Steve Cook isn't. Aki, of course, great. Rico, another good game for him. His body language looks so much different than it did a year ago when he was struggling to get in the team. He looks, you know, confident. Some couple of dodgy deliveries on crosses and set pieces, which is not like him, but otherwise, you know, he looked looked pretty good. And Stacey, I thought, you know, now that Frano's back, I can't see Stacey keeping his place. He looked, he had a torrid first half. He got turned inside out. Second half, going forward, looked a bit, looked a bit better. Lerma was great, um, but midfield overall, I think we've got to put Steve, um, sorry, uh, Lewis Cook back in there with with Lerma to get some creativity. Harry Wilson, in and out of the game, apart from I think one brilliant pass to Stacey in in the uh, in the second half, he he was anonymous. Um, up front, uh, I thought Callum Wilson had a really good game. Quick, dangerous. He didn't get hardly any chances. Almost made that one for himself, which is unlucky. And we looked so much better, didn't we, when uh, Fraser was on and Dan Juma, um, who looks a bit of a player, actually. So I hope that those two start next time, and I hope Lewis Cook gets a game too. So, yeah, uh, international break, and then on to Norwich, and hope we can get a result. Oh, it really is nice to sit down after a long day. Oh my goodness, I'm 38 years old and I'm making those noises. It doesn't bode well, does it? But thanks so much for all of the contributions that we had, especially to Simon there from the USA as well. Really appreciate your feedback. And um, we're, we always encourage you to get in touch after an AFC Bournemouth match. And you can do so uh, via voice notes, by WhatsApping it through or emailing it. Um, or even video like he did as well. So check out our YouTube channel too. Just been having a look online just to see a bit of reaction. But before I mention that, 
I've got to say about the Emirates. I mean, I this is the that's the first time I've been to the Emirates. Um, the fixture hasn't really appealed to me before, or I've had certain things I've been doing on the very date. But I know that it's a stereotypical thing to say, "Is this a library?" But oh my goodness, it really is. It's dreadful. It's like a load of middle class tourists going to watch their team whilst taking selfies. Um, there was a few chants, uh, the ones about Spurs, 1-0 uh, to the Arsenal, and then exchanging chants with the opposite side of the stadium. But other than that, um, God, really poor. I mean, just imagine what kind of motivation the players out there could get with a vibrant atmosphere. Uh, but maybe it's just a case that they couldn't really raise themselves against such lowly opposition. I mean, of course, we have it when we play lower league teams in the Carabao Cup. Uh, for instance, Forest Green, atmosphere wasn't overly great for that. But when it became close at the end, then the atmosphere started to up the decibel level. And that's that's what happened as well. When we got back into it, into the second half, they did slowly get into it, the crowd. But yeah, um, interesting stadium. Um, I'm really looking forward to going to the Spurs Stadium in whatever it is, November 2. Uh, hopefully I'll get a ticket for that. So uh, we'll see how it compares. But um, I've heard always good things about the Spurs Stadium, not so much the Emirates. However, their team did emerge victorious. And as we've said numerous times already, it's going to be the narrative over the next few days. It was a game of two halves. Now, initially, I left feeling deflated, uh, low, um, and quite annoyed, really, at the missed chances that we had. But I've kind of come away feeling a little bit better about it now in that, you know, we did give a, a fairly decent team um, an awesome game. And then you see some other results in the Premier League over the weekend. You think, well, actually, we're still, what, only five points off third place, is it, or something stupid? Um, so it's not so bad. Now, going through player to player, I think, on the whole... Most most of the squad performed very well. I mean, Ramsdale was fairly solid. It sometimes has distribution issues, and you know that we're trying to beat the press. So um, he landed our defenders in it a little bit with his short balls. And, you know, there were occasions in the second half where we did manage to beat the press very well and play between the lines. However, in the first half, we just looked moribund. Uh, no ideas at all. Um, Jack Stacey did not have any options. Uh, you know, Rico played a, a number of balls up the line that Josh King uh, kind of tried to keep hold of, but he was closed down really quickly. But... Jack Stacey did okay. There's still a lot that he needs to learn and you kind of get the impression that, you know, just like Simon said on that last video, Francis is, is probably a shoe-in. And I think when Francis did actually replace Stacey, he did very well and looked very assured. And there were just a number of Frano things he did that, you know, that were very good. I love the way he runs. It's like poker straight. Um... And he did an excellent clearance where the ball was kind of over his head and he just managed to stick out a foot and then managed to pretty much clear it. It was like an overhead kick as of sorts. So it's good to have him back. And yeah, you do fear for Stacey in the next game. Rico on the other side, I thought, did really well. Um, again, he's, his body language is, is changed. He looks to get forward as much as possible. And 
quite early on, I noticed he was playing these balls into the channels that were more hopeful than constructive. But now uh, he fed King a number of times, played three balls to Wilson. Really, really good. Um, Steve Cook and Nathan Ake, I thought, were, you know, were fairly solid today. Um, you know, not bad at all. And you can't exactly blame them for the goal that was conceded. It was Wilson that lost his man. However, moving on to the midfield, the other Wilson, Harry Wilson, he had a couple of nice passes in the second half where uh, he put Callum through and then Jack Stacey with that shot, that that cross-come shot that was sort of palmed over the bar. Uh, Lerma and Billing, I thought, were fantastic. Uh, I, I did fear for Billing after he got his early booking, but it didn't seem to have that much of an effect. Um, awesome, awesome play. Jefferson Lerma, just cool, calm. And, you know, if he if he got his shooting boots on a little bit, he, he could be an absolute gem for us. I mean, he's valuable as it is. However, you know, there was a shot from... T- from uh, you know, a way out that went over the bar and, you know, just imagine. Um, Josh King, yeah, he did fairly well. And, you know, Dominic Solanke, the, the jury is still out by the looks of it. However, I, I thought I thought he did OK. Callum should have really be putting that chance away. He could have taken it earlier. I mean, he seems to, you know, despite all the goals that he's having, you'd think that a confident striker would take these opportunities early. But he took an extra touch around the keeper and... Was the angle too tight? I think he could have scored from there, but never mind. Fraser came on for Harry Wilson. I thought Fraser looked really decent when he came on. Um, Head down, you know, bombing down the left wing um, and played a number of nice passes that even made it onto the short 10-minute match of the day sequence. Really impressed by Ryan Fraser and there's no way that I'd be wanting to leave him out the next match. Um, Really very, you know, really impressed by him. Um, And also it was nice to see a little cameo for uh, Dan Juma as well. Um, He's a a bag of tricks that's got a lot of talent. Gave the ball away a couple of times in situations that could have resulted in Arsenal, you know, having a... Having a shot on target, thankfully it didn't result in much. But yeah, he's he's all right. Um, just looking forward to seeing a little bit more of him. Um, the uh, the fallout on Twitter is relatively relatively positive. Um, similar to when we lost to Man City, really, we came out thinking, oh, it was a bit of a free hit. Now I I didn't see that as a free hit that match against Arsenal. I, I honestly thought that we could actually pick up something but um it you know it it just wasn't to be so if i was going to give a man of the match performance i would it would be either rico or lerma but um oh let's give it to rico again player of the month uh, i thought he did exceptionally well and uh once again i'm just so pleased to see him playing with a smile on his face and to see the crowd absolutely loving him Hi, this is Gary Chapman, the bloke who stands in the back of the North Stand shouting, Up the cherries! You're listening to Back of the Net. Now, before we see out the show today, do you remember this? I remember the day, it was the 22nd of July, 1992. Um, I went into pre-season training, we were halfway through in my hometown club, Hartlepool, where I started off as a youth team player and then uh, progressed into the youth team, got offered a professional contract. So I was in my second year as a professional and the manager um, who would take over at the beginning of that season 
Alan Murray, he took over from the, the late great Cyril Knowles, uh, ex-Tottenham player, legend at Tottenham, um, who obviously, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have you know, had a chance in professional football. Yeah, well, the word legend is often overused in football, but for Steve Fletcher, it barely scratches the surface. Uh, Sean, from back of the net, back in the early days, interviewed him, and we thought we would just give you a nudge because we know that we've got a fair amount of new podcast listeners and if you go to afcbpodcast.com you can go back on podcast click previous podcast and there are a number of interviews on the website including steve jones uh we've got ted mcdougall as well that was done by michael dunn and also steve fletcher himself where he went back through his playing career and well obviously it culminates in that grimsby goal really interesting so so if you are wanting to catch up on some old podcasts during the international break where, let's face it, there's not a lot to do. Who have we got? Czech Republic and Bulgaria. I oh, can't wait for them. Not. It's show 11. That is the one you need to be looking for for the Super Fletch interview. So if you want to listen again, uh, just go back through previous podcasts on afcbpodcast.com. Hit number 11 and it's in two parts. So have a listen and relive the good old days. So that just about wraps it up for another back of the net. I appreciate this one must have been a bit of a weird one to listen to, having to put up with my voice for about 45 minutes. Kudos to you if you've managed to last this far. Don't worry, the usual team will be back after the Norwich game. We're not previewing it in this pod just because, well... We don't really know what's happening team news-wise, either with us or with Norwich themselves. And I'm sure there's going to be an eternal inquest going on at Carrow Road after they got dicked 5-1 by Aston Villa. I honestly, football, it's such a psychological game. How can they go from being Man City at home relatively comfortably to then being awfully shoddy against the Villa? I just don't understand it. And they were under strength against Man City as well. Loads of players out injured. I, I, I will never get it. However, we'll be previewing that on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash AFCB podcast. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird one. Um, I did try to find a guest to chat to, but then I just wouldn't have had time to put it all together. So hope you appreciate this format. If you do like the sort of vlog-style podcast, Maybe we'll do it in future, I don't know, and perhaps we'll do a YouTube vlog too, who knows. Anyway, do you remember this week, at the very start of the show, we spoke of a footballer that was born in September 1983, that makes him 35 now, he's a defender... He played for Arsenal during his youth in 1999 and then he had a professional contract 2001 to 2007, only making one appearance. But for the Cherries, that's where he flourished. Between 2007 and 2011, made 76 appearances, scoring three goals and also had a stint for the England under 17, 19 and 20 sides too. The answer 
is Ryan Gary. Yeah, that's right. In July 2011, he was actually forced to retire from football. Uh, 27 years old he was after failing to recover from that persistent nerve-related problem in his lower leg. And he then went on to become first-team coach and defensive coordinator at Bournemouth, given the fact that we're shipping so many goals at the moment. We haven't kept a clean sheet. I think we need a defensive coordinator right now. Anyway, Ryan Gary is this week's Do You Remember answer and congratulations if you got that. So do remember to do all the things that I usually tell you to do in terms of leaving reviews on iTunes and giving us a thumbs up and retweeting this if you if you enjoyed it on Twitter or sharing or Facebook. It is really appreciated. And do remember also to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, no fan chats, but your five-word match reports are coming later on together uh, with my opinion of the game. It's It's been very chucked together so uh it probably doesn't make much sense now but by the time i've seen the highlights and managed to take in all the online opinion maybe i'll have some kind of decent view of the game until next time anyway cheers for listening and this has been back of the net the afc bournemouth podcast to deliver and it's been put in by david Luiz. The gentlest of touches, but enough to beat Aaron Ramsdale and put Arsenal ahead. Well, they've been on the back foot, but they'll be really annoyed at this. It's a great header from David Luiz. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.